Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Coming up on In Flight Snack, the biggest sports story of the year. It's taking over all the headlines. In fact, it's transcended sports. It's gone past sports into the music world. It happened this week. Of course, we're talking about world-famous singer and songwriter Damian Lillard being traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. That's what's coming. No, just kidding. We're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Jets. We're going to talk about football. We're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers and his comments on the Pat McAfee show. We're going to talk about the Rich Samini report. A ton to get into. We'll talk about all of it. Also, they have a game against the Chiefs this week coming up on Sunday. Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the league. They also have this tight end. I don't know if you heard he's dating this minor celebrity. Not a big deal. We'll talk about that. And we will answer a couple of your listener questions. So if you sent in a question, stay tuned because at the end of this episode, we are answering your questions. All that and a whole lot more coming up next on In-Flight Snack. Interesting to see how our fans respond too. I hope you show up. Don't be selling a bunch oh. of those damn tickets to the to the Kansas City crowd and never know who you're gonna who you're gonna see at the game. Oh. It's a toss with Powell. He's got the angle. He's got blockers. Powell working the sidelines. Powell goes all the way. Touchdown, Jets. I don't know how you feel, Bilal. But if this didn't work out with Salah, I want Rex back. Give me Rex back. I'm good. They continue to go with a four-man rush. They're not getting at Jones at all. He didn't punch him in the game. Rex would have been sending the freaking house at him. Let's make sure we play like the New York Jets. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Welcome back to In-Flight Snack, a New York Jets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. That's Bilal Powell. I'm Rami Lavi. And Bilal, we have an issue. Because, sure, there's a game coming up against the Chiefs, and all anyone wants to talk about is the game against the Chiefs and a certain someone who's going to be there and all that stuff. I don't care about any of that. Here's my problem. Aaron Rodgers went on the Pat McAfee show and starts talking about how, you know, the team needs to stick together and former players. He was talking about Namath, not you, but former players <laughs> need to back off and he, they, they can't be talking angrily about the team. This team's going to come together and Zach, I trust in him. Let's not make a change. You almost get the feeling that Aaron Rodgers is trying to control things from outside the building, bro. You're not even there. And it feels like he's trying to control the room. The room's going to fall apart. You already saw the article from Rich Samini, which we'll get to a little bit later, or I guess he talked about it on his podcast and we'll play it for you a little bit later that he's the, the room's falling apart and Salah's losing the room because the defense doesn't want to see Zach start anymore. Rogers, you just showed up. This team had to deal with Zach Wilson at quarterback all year last year. This is not a new thing for them. And for Aaron Rodgers to come out now, and it feels like maybe the franchise is operating in fear of Aaron Rodgers. And here's why this is an issue. Because let's say they go out and get a Kirk Cousins and they salvage the season and Salah saves his job and the defense all of a sudden is back into it and they start winning games. Rogers is going to be pissed off. Like, 
no, this is my team. I'm in this locker room. I'm the man here. How could you go out and get someone else? Then Rodgers doesn't feel like a superhero when he comes back next year and leads the team to the playoffs. Kirk Cousins just did that last year. The alternative is you stick with Zach Wilson right now. It falls apart. The team turns on Salah. You can't bring him back next year because the team turned on him. The whole locker room phrase. And then Rodgers says, F this, I'm out. I don't want to be part of a team that's totally afraid. I'm going to go somewhere else. So you run the risk of losing Aaron Rodgers this year. You're in a lose-lose. If you bring in someone like a, a Kirk Cousins type quarterback who can help you win this year, Rodgers gets annoyed. If you bring it, if you don't bring him in and you lose the whole season, Rodgers gets annoyed and leaves. Either way, it's a lose-lose. And not only are you losing Aaron Rodgers for this year and everything you invested in this year, you're going to lose him for next year too. And you're never going to ever see him play as a Jet. And that is my biggest fear. Bilal, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, honestly, not just losing Aaron Rodgers, but losing a lot of players. Uh, honestly, it's, it's not about him coming in and controlling anything. Uh, I think it's him just trying to... Uh, he's trying to keep everything together because in his mind, he's coming back in January. He's still trying to keep the team together so that he can possibly come back for a playoff uh, opportunity. Let's be honest. Like his, his biggest thing is trying to get back healthy and trying to get back in the building. And with that, he's saying, hey, guys, let's not turn on each other. Let's let's keep this thing together because he's still trying to keep this playoff hopes alive so that he can come back and play this year. Now, if it does get ugly, Let's be honest, this business is probably one of the biggest turnarounds every year. The roster change, the staff change. There's a big turnaround each year. So if he wants out, then who's to say someone else doesn't want out? Then you start breaking up a good defense. Like I told you in the last episode, man, LaDainia Thomas said, now is the time to win. We can't be worrying about next year. We can't be worried about next year. It's time to win right now. And if you don't, Who's to say C.J. Mosley may want out? Who's to say Jordan White? These guys that are saying, I want out. We heard Jamal Adams a couple years ago saying, I want out. So not only am I afraid of Aaron Rodgers wanting out if he see this thing get real ugly, but there's going to be other players that's probably going to want out. We know if a head coach is fired, he's going to come in. New head coach is going to come in. And no matter how much money you pay the guy like Quentin Williams, who's to say that he's going to like Quentin Williams next year? And you just paid him the year before. And then there's a dilemma. You've, he's forced to play a guy that he probably don't like. Let's be honest. Who's to say that the next head coach is going to like uh, Aaron Rodgers? Then you're forced to have a coach that doesn't like Aaron Rodgers. There's so much turnaround. So now's the time to win. And, and, it's, and it's real... <laughs> And let's be honest, everybody want to talk about Zach Wilson. I get it. And I, and I understand where Rodgers is coming from. Hey, keeping this thing together, I get it. Just from a, a locker room standpoint. But let's be honest. When you look at tape, Zach Wilson on that offensive side of the ball is not the only problem. I think yeah. Yeah, he's taking it. I think he's taking it. He, he, he's getting more lash from it because he is the, the quarterback and he hasn't shown anything in the previous years since he's been here. But there's there's so many pieces on that offensive line. That yeah, but I'll, I'll I'll push back on that for a second because we've seen over the last two years, anytime someone came in, be it Joe Flacco, whether it was Mike White, whether it was even Chris Strebler, everyone and uh, who was it, Josh Johnson, who played a game for them in Indianapolis, everyone looked better in this offense than Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson looks by far and away worse than anyone else in this offense. So yeah, there are other problems. It's not great. But Zach Wilson is by far the biggest issue. 
Yeah, he is. He is. But let's not put it all on him. I mean, this kid is probably frantic. Like, this is his third year, and now he's in a new offense that he probably wasn't getting the same amount of reps as Aaron Rodgers because we know that oh, this offense sure. was bu- it was built around Aaron Rodgers. Even the players that came in, uh, Alan Lazard and, and, and Randall Cobb, those are those are Aaron Rodgers guys. Zach Wilson yeah. came into this offense understanding that this ain't this not even my offense. You know, he's probably going through the motions. Let's be honest. He probably wasn't prepared the way he, – he probably thought this is Aaron Rodgers' team because that's what everybody else was making it. This is Aaron Rodgers' offense. They brought in Nathaniel Hackett for Aaron Rodgers, not Zach Wilson. And, and we all know once that ship sank, now everybody's standing there looking crazy, right? And now Zach Wilson is forced to step up and, and pick up all the pieces that are broken right now. Let's be honest. Yeah, but that's the problem. That's part of the issue. It is Aaron Rodgers' team. And it's still Aaron Rodgers' team. And the problem with that is Rodgers hasn't been here. The fans have no loyalty to him. You've done nothing. You've played a preseason game. You've done nothing. We don't have any loyalty to you. And this is the guy who you said, maybe the new coach isn't going to trust Aaron, isn't going to like Aaron Rodgers. Well, the new coach is going to be chosen by Aaron Rodgers if Aaron Rodgers decides to be here next year. You know. Mm. But the thing about that is he doesn't want them to win this year. I'm sure he wants things to stay afloat. But Aaron Rodgers doesn't want he he doesn't want someone else to come in, in here and take over his job. He doesn't want a guy who's an established quarterback in the league doing well here. He wants someone who can kind of be middle of the road. He kind of was hoping that would be Zach, but now it's clearly not going to be him. Maybe Trevor Simeon. But I feel like that's why they went with a move like that. And we'll talk about Simeon a little bit later. But I feel like that's why they went with a move like that because that's a move that more like Rodgers can control. Like, okay, this is obviously not our franchise guy, but maybe we win six to seven games instead of two games with Simeon. And then the team doesn't completely fall apart. Although six to seven games, you'd still have lose the locker room. Like I don't see Salah coming back next year. If they win seven games, unless Aaron Rodgers is in Woody Johnson's office saying, Hey, I want him back. And then you run the risk of, wait, you're making Aaron Rodgers a 40 year old guy who's coming off an Achilles injury, make the decisions. Not only do the fans lose him and the fans don't have loyalty to him, what about the rest of the locker room? They were all lovey-dovey with Rodgers, but I'm sure you could speak to this. Now they see this guy running the team. He's not even here. You're not even out there in the trenches with us. And you're running the team. You're running the show. You're telling us what to do. You're going on national TV with your buddy Pat McAfee and saying, oh, they need to stick together. You don't know, buddy. You don't know. Like, isn't the team going to turn on him at some point? Well, I don't think anyone on that team has been in this situation, especially, you know, in, in, in the New York organization. Guys haven't had a, a quarterback of that caliber to come in and say, this is what needs to be done. This is what needs to be done. If you look at all the quarterbacks around the league, I'm sure all these franchise quarterbacks that we saw, uh, uh, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Roethlisberg, uh, Philip River, Matt Ryan. I'm sure as a franchise quarterback for a consistent amount of years have had control, somewhat of control, when you're talking about the influence of bringing guys in, bringing coaches in, getting co- guys out, <laughs> let's be honest. So they have to understand that Aaron Rodgers is of that caliber. Like, you, yeah, but like, he's that to like Green Bay. LeBron James. You, you got to understand going in, playing with a guy like LeBron James, right? We're going to scoot over to basketball, that he has say-so. Kobe Bryant has say-so. So if you're going to play with a guy like Aaron Rodgers, you have to understand that as a player. Like, it, will it cause division? Who knows? It, it, it very well could cause division, but that's what comes with this game. A guy that is a future Hall of Famer, then he he's more influential than most of the guys in the locker room, if not everyone in the locker room. 
Yeah, no, I get it. And by the way, speaking of the basketball, I mean, it works better in the NBA where Giannis Antetokounmpo says, if you don't make a move, I'm going to leave. And a week later, they trade for they, they, they trade for Damian Lillard. So it definitely works in the NBA. But the difference is, let's say Peyton Manning, when he went to Denver, for example, he threw 50-something touchdowns his first year in Denver. So of course he has say in the locker room after that. Everyone looks at him and says, okay, great. This guy's awesome. Aaron Rodgers played four snaps. It's one thing to take control and to have control when you've shown up and you've done something. What has Aaron Rodgers done for this franchise that he has the right to talk about this franchise this way? You look at guys like Nathaniel Hackett and Randall Cobb, who we'll get to Cobb in a second. They're going to want out, right? Why would they want to be a part of this? They're only here because of Rodgers. I just don't see a win in this. Listen, it's, it's, it's definitely something that uh, we as a, as a fan base, and I'm talking about New York, we're not used to it. We're not used to this guy. Like, let's be honest. I don't. When was the last time you paid a guy like this, Brett Favre? Yeah, an old veteran that came in that was supposed to be this savior. What was that Brett, Brett Favre? What 07? Yep. Was yep. It 07, 2008. Yep. 2008. Uh, we haven't been in that situation. But I think also too, this is my biggest thing. Um, the league was a lot different then. It's, it was a lot different. I think when you bring in a guy like Aaron Rodgers. You know, when I was playing, you also had other veterans around. And now the league is getting younger and younger. So when you decide to bring in a guy like Aaron Rodgers, you have to have some Randall Cobb, right? Is is Randall Cobb helping us win right now with the snap count? No, no, no. You know what I mean? So, like, I think the, 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 the direction of the game, the way it's going now is the league is getting younger. I don't think that same philosophy works anymore. I think that's why you're starting to see organizations go to the younger, they're going to the younger uh, quarterbacks. And and some are getting even smarter as bringing in, bringing in a receiver that played with the quarterback that they're considering in college. Yep. <laughs> coming Jamar in, Jamar Chase is working out for Cincinnati. Exactly. I think you're going to start seeing that now more and more. Coordinators, head coaches are getting younger and younger. So yep. it's, it's one of those things is, you know, you have to evolve with the game. Now, was it a good move? Was everybody excited to see Aaron Rodgers come and be in a New York Jets? 100%. Uniform? Yes. But I'm going to be honest, and this is my – I respect Aaron Rodgers. But when Lamar Jackson was possibly available, I was thinking Lamar Jackson. Why? Because he's young. He's young. He's a winner. He's yep. he's everything. This he, let's be honest. He's everything that this league is turning turning into. Dual yep. threat quarterbacks. You and don't someone, see many packet packers passers anymore. Yeah, I worked with the Ravens for the last two years, and my favorite quarterback ever is Aaron Rodgers. But so I'm a little biased. And by the way, this is not to say I'm not turning on the Rodgers move itself. I, even knowing how it played out, I would make the Rodgers move over a hundred times over and over and over again because I think ultimately you went for the best available option and you got him and and like the hype and even if he if he ever if he ever ever plays for this team just for a season, I don't even care if they go eight and nine with him. Like I, it would make my life like so much better. I'd be so happy. Like I love Aaron Rodgers, but you I worked with the Ravens. Eight games, man. <laughs> no, they went eight Those games. Those days have to be over, I man. Yeah. That's the thing with the Jets fan base, man. We're, we're tired of the settling for eight wins. Yeah, Let's but like when eight wins would be the most wins they've had in 10 years. Yeah, but uh, since, let's, since let's, let's not settle for that, right? Alabama, like, let's think about these 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 organizations that uh, missing the playoffs is like 
But that was Shocking. the point. That was the you point I mean? of getting Rodgers is we don't yep. want to sneak into the playoffs. We want to win the Super Bowl. And with, yeah. with Lamar, I'm not sure Lamar was ever truly available because you would have offered two, two first-round picks and then the Ravens always could have matched the contract. That's how that worked, right? Because it was the franchise tag, the non-exclusive tag. So the Ravens, you could have basically, it looked like, and this is what I heard reports, I worked for the Ravens for the last two football seasons on the radio, and Lamar would have been perfect. He has the perfect demeanor. He's the perfect personality. He's a leader. He says all the right things in the media. And then not to, not, you know, not to cast aside, he's an incredible football player who's what, 27, 28 years old? He's young and insanely good at football. So I agree with you on Lamar. I just think the reports that I heard was that the Ravens were basically looking for a team to write the contract offer for mm -hmm. them, and they would have matched anything. So you kind of get caught with your pants down, but this comes back to being afraid of Aaron Rodgers. Let's say you know Joe Douglas goes and he offers two first-round picks for, for Lamar Jackson, and then the Ravens sign the contract sheet. Now Aaron Rodgers says, no, you weren't my, I wasn't your first choice. I don't want to come anymore. Like, mm -hmm. it feels like the, the franchise is operating in fear of this guy. Yeah. Are they not? Well, if you're going to go get Aaron Rodgers, then you should have probably thought about putting more money into the offensive line. Because what I'm watching, I get it. Aaron Rodgers. Hey, is when he got his there, friend, but, Billy Turner. <laughs> yeah, but let's go. Let's go. Like, I, I, my philosophy on this is I don't want the best offensive line on the offensive lineman on the team. I want the best offensive lineman in the league, right? Especially if, you, if you're considering you have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And I want to put him around those pieces. When you talk about the offensive line, these guys are on the field in a perfect world. They're having more snaps than anybody else. Anybody yeah, else. Yeah, well, also, I, I, I'll push back again on that. Like Joe Beningo said on last episode on Tuesday, he said that Aaron Rodgers, he said that this was the best offensive line, right? It was the best offensive line. What we saw on Sunday was the best version of the line we've seen so far without Dwayne Brown. Yet all you heard in preseason when asked about the offensive line was Rodgers. He kept saying, well, once Dwayne gets back, once Dwayne, once Dwayne gets back, Rodgers preferred to play with the veteran Dwayne Brown than a guy who's better in Joe Tipman and a guy who's better at left tackle in Mekhi Becton. And Rodgers may have gotten himself hurt by saying that I want Dwayne Brown at left tackle, a guy who didn't play all preseason with this team, all of a sudden I want him at left tackle instead of you could have put Bakai there. You could have put AVT at right tackle and you could have put Tipman at right guard. And instead you had Rodgers coming out and saying, no, once we get, once we get Dwayne, once we get Dwayne, Rodgers loves his veterans. And at some point, if you were listening to Rodgers, maybe that's costing you too. Maybe that's why Randall Cobb's getting quadruple the amount of snaps we'll talk about this or really eight times the amount of snaps that Nicole Hardman's getting and we'll talk about that in a minute but to me again it's the same exact thing it all comes to the same thing Rodgers is running the show but now that he's gone you cannot operate that way anymore I don't care if he comes back in the building that's one of the things he talked about on McAfee so I want to play that because we can continue to react to Rodgers and everything he said I think there's a good conversation because I think I think this is honest I I to me, I love Aaron Rodgers. I can't believe I'm turning on him. And this was my fear of the Jets going to get Aaron Rodgers. However, it was going to go was that Welcome I would turn on. Yeah, it was that I would turn on a guy that I love. And I loved him on the Packers, but I said this a thousand times before. I'd rather watch him be on the Patriots right now, beating us, than, watch, than, than grow to hate him on the Jets. You know what I mean? Like, that's the worst case scenario is growing to hate this guy on the Jets. And I'm getting to that point because. As much as I love the guy, I just feel like he has his best interest in mind and not the team's right now. And unfortunately, 
while those were aligned the entire preseason, the second he got hurt, the two interests are not aligned anymore. And I think the Jets need to move off of it and try and figure out how they can salvage their jobs, their season. Joe Douglas, you might get fired. Robert Sala, you might get fired. Woody Johnson, you're going to lose the fan base. You're going to lose the locker room. You can't be looking to Aaron Rodgers anymore. You have to do something in that room. So I do want to play it. So I'm going to play Aaron Rodgers talking about the team, talking about what happened and the team sticking together on Pat McAfee. Here it is. We need to uh, to not have some of those things happen on the, on the sideline and just be a little better competitors. You know, we need to understand this is part of it. It's not always going to be pretty. The most important thing is winning. You saw what happened in Green Bay. They were down 17 nothing and came back and won that game, an ugly game, 18-17. It doesn't fucking matter. It's like you win the game, that's the most important thing. However, you got to get it done. So, you know, there's been, I think, too many little side conversations, and we just need to grow up a little bit um, on offense and, and lock in and do our jobs, everybody, and not point fingers at each other, and that's everybody. You know, we don't point fingers at the coaching staff. Don't point fingers at each other. Just get back to work and get the job done. Feel like you know if I was there, uh, some of those you know things wouldn't be happening. Not sure we'd be three and zero. I don't know that. I'd like to think um, there's a possibility of that, but but it's more the side stuff that's that's uh, that I don't like. It doesn't mean you're winning all the time and you got to handle it the right way. It's when we're not having success. How do we respond? How do we respond in adversity? And that goes for our fan base and former players as well. You're not helping the cause. <laughs> So he called out the former players themselves. That's you, Bilal, right? I know he wasn't talking about you. He was talking about Bilal. Uh, He was talking about Joe Namath. He says, you're not helping the cause. But one of the things, he keeps saying, we, we, we. But he throws it in there. If I was there, things would probably be better. It's he, He keeps saying we, but then it's like, if I was there, things would be better. Meaning like, now the fan base can fall in love with me again and and hope for the future. But Bilal, as a former Jet, somebody who's been in a locker room. This guy is not there. They have no allegiance to him. He's talking to you. He's saying, you, former Jet Bilal Powell, you've done more for this franchise. You who've done a thousand times, you'll, in your career, you'll have done more for the Jets franchise than Aaron Rodgers will ever do in his life, it bar, you know, short of winning a Super Bowl. If Rodgers doesn't win a Super Bowl for this team, Bilal, in your nine years, I guarantee you, no matter what Rodgers does next year, you'll have done more for the Jets franchise ever. So to say to someone like you, hey, you're not helping the cause. Rogers, you're not helping the cause. What's your response to that? Listen, obviously uh, that guy, uh, he's the GOAT. Um, But at the end of the day, I have to be honest. And you have to be honest with yourself. As a professional, as a guy in this business, you have to be honest. he's He's doing a great job of trying to, compose everything uh, he's doing a great job of telling his teammates hey don't be doing that it's too early for that you know that's something that i mentioned it's too early for all of this okay we just gotta figure it out i get what he's trying to say from a fan base he needs to understand this is not green bay this is new york this is a lot harsh <laughs> than playing in limbo field trust me it's a lot harsh yeah and of course he has you know to bring I mean? up he has to bring up Justin Fields comeback or not Justin Fields. Jordan loves comeback in Green Bay. Like that's the one example he had to use is going back to Green Bay. How does that make Jet fans feel? Yeah, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we're not winning right now, and and there's yep. no talking for that. Like there's no point in fingers. There's honesty. You know, Joe Namath can say what he want about Zach Wilson. You get what I mean? Like me, I understand as a player. Like I, I get what it feels like to be criticized, but at some point in time, you know, Zach's gonna have to come on. He's gonna have to come on. Or someone's going to have to come on. It's a business. Either he don't come on or people are going to start getting fired. 
let's let's be honest. Like, you know, it, it has nothing to do with, you know, getting me to rally uh, the fan base together to get Zach Wilson out the building. I don't have to do that because if Zach Wilson keep playing the way he's playing, he's going to get himself out of the building. And, and, and everybody else that's involved with it, that's not that's not producing. That's not being productive. And that building is going to be gone. Let's be honest. If, if Aaron Rodgers come back this, next year and he gets hurt again, he get hurt again. He's out the building. Yep, exactly. No one, no That's one my is point. safe. He hasn't done Woody anything. No, no one is safe but Woody Johnson. So yeah. it's safe to say that, yeah, as a former player, I take pride in the organization. I would like to see better football. Yep. So, you know, Aaron, I, I would like to see better football. Aaron, who knows? We could still be in the same situation with you based on some of the things that I'm seeing up front still. Like, it, it, it seems like no one no one wants to come in and play for this. Like, you see a couple veteran quarterbacks re- reject the opportunity to come play here. So, you know, for me, it's just let's be honest, man. Like, it's a professional. We're grown men. I'm, I'm not saying, you know, Zach Wilson go jump off the bridge. I'm saying Zach Wilson go play better football. And, and, and as a teammate, as a former player, I'll say the same as that thing if I was in the locker room. It has nothing to do with turning and pointing fingers. Just saying, hey, you do need to play better. Let's be honest. It's, it's a hard sport. It, this is a hard sport. And if I'm giving everything I have and I feel like you're not, then I have to keep you accountable. It's called keeping and holding people accountable. And that's what we're afraid of today. We're so afraid of being held accountable. But my thing is this, though, and I, and I want to be honest. If this same situation was happening and Aaron Rodgers was in this situation and, and Aaron Rodgers did what Zach Wilson would is doing, would he not feel that I'm not allowed to speak on him and hold him to the same standard as Zach Wilson? Because we have to win, right? That's called being held accountable. You know what I mean? Like, and and you know, maybe, maybe Aaron Rodgers is, yeah, he's he is the GOAT. Like he did a lot of things for for Green Bay. But if he's if he was performing the way Zach Wilson was performing right now, I, I would hope that someone in the locker room would say, hey man, you gotta you have to play better. Let's be real. Yeah, I again I agree. And like I said, you can speak to that as a former Jet. That was what he said to the former Jets and the current Jets. Here was his message to the fan base. We're not living in this uh, you know, rose-colored glasses world either. We're one and two. Been a couple of rough ones. Defense, we played good enough to win that game for sure. That's a game we got to win. At home, defense giving up 13 points, we got to win that game. Uh, let's stick with our guys, and let's have a little belief. And I've already seen, you know, we're almost double-digit underdogs at home against Kansas City, and they're coming off a beatdown in Chicago and blah, blah, blah. But, Taylor, you know, it's a home game. It's Sunday Night Football. It's an opportunity for us to go out there and show what we're all about. And I think uh, – it's going to be a great opportunity for our boys, and I'd like to see everybody stick together, our fan base, our former players, and our current players, because uh, too much uh, negativity uh, and the world is crashing down after three weeks. It's a long season, a lot of time, a lot of things that can happen. Let's just take a couple breaths. Okay, I'm not going to say we need to relax, but let's take a couple breaths. This is going to test us. How do we respond this week against a real good football team, the defending champs in our home? you interesting to see how our fans respond too. I hope you show up. Don't be selling a bunch oh. of those damn tickets to the to the Kansas City crowd and and uh fireman Ed, let's be loud, let's get that thing going and mm-hmm. and uh you never know who you're gonna who you're gonna see at the game. Oh Whoa. so there Aaron kind of admitted 
that it's been bad. He kind of did say that. He said it's on the offense. It's been bad. But he also said this team can turn it around and he wants the fans to get behind the team and rally behind the team. Dude, this team is behind them. The fans have been behind this team. The fans are invested. The fans are paying their hard-earned money to come see this team and it's not going well. So everyone always said, and this was a big topic in sports media over the over the summer, if it goes poorly with Aaron Rodgers, and he does the whole relax thing where he, he says, I'm not going to say relax, but we know he spells it out, R-E-L-A-X, right? If he does that, how would that go over with New York fans? Not great. Not only is he doing that, he's doing that from his couch in freaking California. Like, I'm a fan. You cannot do that and survive in this city, Aaron Rodgers. You can't. Yeah, I... Listen, and I always tell you, man, the Jets fan base, the hate is a lot worse than the love, man. I'm telling you, it's they love you, but when they hate you, they hate you. Like it, it, it's it's real tough, man. And like you said, it is a long season. It is a long season, but we can't keep making excuses week in and week out, week in and week out. Like something has to be done, something has to be said. I don't know, you know, move some guys around and at the skill position, give some other guys opportunity. I don't know. You know, it, it's hard for me to say because I'm not in the building. I'm just looking at it now as a spectator. I'm not able to see film because as a player and as a fan, the game is totally different from what you see on TV. When you look at it on TV, it's like, oh, this and that. But when you look at it on film, it's so it's just the smallest things a technique thing, a fundamental thing that we could possibly change. Like, it's just the smallest things, man, like that 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 will make the difference of this team. But everybody still has to continue to just buy in. And it's going to be hard. Let's be honest. It, the worst thing in this league is losing and going into the building. It's the most frustrating thing. And to be honest with you, Rami, it gets worse if you're losing it and it started to get cold. Oh, and you yeah. got one of those those long practices in the wintertime and, and you're not winning. So they need to figure it out now, I think, because it's still laid out for us. You know, we we were one and one in the division. We have an opportunity to possibly put something together against the Kansas City Chiefs coming in at home. Like at least we don't have to play an arrowhead. So we at least give ourselves a better a better chance to win. Then we we go on to uh the Broncos to possibly put two two wins together. Let's see if we can do that before going into the bye week. And then we can really, really sit down as a staff, as an organization, possibly as players, and reevaluate what are we good at now and what are we bad at. Whatever we're bad at, we either got to get better at it or we have to throw it out. You have to go from a statistics standpoint Oh, do we need to move the... There's so many evaluations that go on during bye week. And, I, and honestly... I wouldn't even give the players a whole week since it is a, a early bye week. I would have those guys in. I would have yep. those guys in. I wouldn't go full-blown practice, but I would have those guys in the building to see what we can do because, you know, us is, is still a fighting chance for the season. So yep. let's just let's just take it one, one day at a time. You know, Aaron Rodgers, everybody respects you, man, but this, this market over here in New York is way different, man. Yeah, so... You talked about the current players. I came from the fan perspective. You came from a former player perspective. 
Rich Samini, who is the Jets beat reporter for ESPN, gave some perspective on the locker room and the Jets' current players. Here's Rich Samini on his podcast, Flight Deck, what he had to say about that. I think this is a slippery slope for Salah. Yes, he is overselling Wilson to the public. He wants to keep the kids' confidence up. Of course he has doubts about Wilson. He's watching what we're watching. He's watched it for two and a half years. The thing is, he's coming off as a Zach apologist, and that doesn't play well in the locker room. The defense in particular is not happy, and this defense knows that if any other player were performing his job the way Wilson is performing his, that player would be benched. Trust me, there's tension in that locker room. On Tuesday morning, an off day for players, I was told that this was a hot topic among players in the locker room. Robert Sala responded to these comments in his press conference on Tuesday. Here's what he had to say about Zach Wilson. We all acknowledge he has to play better. Teammates acknowledge it. He acknowledges it himself. The key is to have confidence in yourself. You have to. So you heard it there from Sala. That's almost the first time he criticized Zach Wilson in two years. And it feels like, or three years now, it feels like it was almost a direct response. Like, oh, I need to criticize him or I will lose the locker room. Again, you can speak to this former player. What's the feeling like in that locker room when you feel like one player is holding the rest of the team back? And you heard Samini say it. If any other player on the team was performing this poorly, you know they would have lost their job by now. But because it's a second overall pick and it's Zach Wilson, he gets to keep his job. That's not fair to the rest of the team. How do you think the rest of the team feels about that? Uh, I think there's frustration. There's, there's frustration all around you know, um, just as a player, I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't, I don't know what the leadership is like. I'm not in the locker room currently. So you really don't know what guys are talking about. You don't know what encouragement these guys are giving Zach Wilson. You know, we can only assume. And, you know, previous episodes, I told you about keeping everything in house. So when you hear Rich talking about that's the word from the locker room, give us the sources. Because yep. the, at the last, you know, like, is this just an assumption that you're having? Or is this something that's being talked about amongst players to reporters? Like, you know, obviously, if you're not winning, that should be, if you're a real true competitor and, and you see that you're doing what you need to do, 13 points and you're losing, even even though the, the New England Patriots were very efficient, you gave up some third downs and, and and they're criticizing your your touchdown that you gave up when we're not even touching the red zone. <laughs> you know, it's frustration, but we can only assume as a as as outsiders. And and, yep. and that's what I, you know, as of right now, that's what you need to continue to have as a as a team is just block everything out, let everybody continue to assume and fix what needs to be fixed. You know, I know Robert uh, Sala is, is is doing a good job as a head coach and saying, listen, I don't want to blame my young quarterback. You know, I'll continue to take this this jab on the chin for my team because he's a he's a player's coach. He's not a guy that's going to throw anybody under the bus. But at some point in time, you got to ask yourself, is this going to come back and bite me? <laughs> you know what yep. I mean? Trevor Simeon, you know, we talked about, you know, Aaron Rodgers possibly not feeling comfortable. Would you feel comfortable as an organization going to get uh, a, a, a Matt Ryan when you have a, 
uh, Aaron Rodgers coming back to rehab or coming back into the locker room, like no, that, that makes a lot of things uncomfortable. So yeah. Trevor Simeon, a guy who's a veteran, uh, he's a journeyman, but he's a guy that can come in, learn the offense. And if Zach doesn't get it right, I think you have to go with that guy. You, yep. you have to go with a guy like that that's familiar with the organization. But man, it's just one of those things. Is he's a good coach? Robert Sala is a good coach. I should say a good man. He has a good heart. I sat down with him. And I think what he's doing for his quarterback right now is just trying to continue to build his confidence. We know Zach knows he needs to play, but he's absolutely right. I mean, it's 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 in public. Like it's nothing, it's not a secret to anyone. And I think he's just doing a good job of trying to keep his team together as long as possible before we see this thing just crumble down to the ground. One more from Robert Sala as he's not only apologizing for the play of the quarterback, but he's also seemingly giving favoritism to certain receivers on the offense. He talked about playing time and why it's been hard for some guys to find playing time. You would love to use the speed uh, to, to find ways to utilize the speed, but at the same time, you know, there's um, there's a lot of guys that we're trying to get on the field. You know, we again, knock on wood, we got a cool group of skill guys, and uh, whether we we want to get all three of our tight ends on the field, or get two backs on the field, or get the, all the receivers on the field, it's. Uh, some of those opportunities just haven't presented itself. But no, to, to try to get his speed on is Xavier Gibson. Same thing. I'd like to get him more opportunities, too. You know, he, when he gets the ball in his hands, he's pretty special, too. So uh, there's a lot of guys that we're trying to get opportunities for. This is a week after he said that he wants to get Jeremy Rucker more opportunities and then proceeded to not play Jeremy Rucker. Just for, he's talking about McCole Hardman there. He, I know he mentions Xavier Gibson by name at the end, but he's talking about McCole Hardman. Just let me throw this out there for you. McCole Hardman has 14 snaps he's played on offense this year. 14. One on special teams and 14 on offense. He's gotten one target in those 14 snaps and he made the one catch. Randall Cobb, 90-year-old Randall Cobb, has 89 snaps played this year. Only four targets. And he also has the same amount of catches as McCole Hardman. One catch. So, where is that coming from? Where is the innovation? Where is the ability for Robert Sala to say, I need to make a change and to make a real change in game? A week after saying, I want to get record on the field, you don't see him on the field. Are we going to see a difference on Sunday against the Chiefs? You would hope so. I, I would definitely hope so. But like I said, man, when you bring guys over in free agency, you, you kind of have an idea of what type of player they are and how they fit into your system. And that's just all honesty. And we know Randall Cobb came over. It, it, you know, he was pretty much uh, Aaron Rodgers' boy. And, he was the Rodgers' yeah, translator. He, you know, and, and right now, Rodgers' train is, is, is stopped right now. So now as a staff, you know, as a head coach, you need to go to Nathaniel Hackett and say, how can we get this guy more involved? And you need to truly ask yourself, Randall Cobb's my boy. I came out with Randall, played against him in college. That's my boy. But we, we, we're, we're a little older now. So you have to ask yourself, okay, now that Rodgers is out, who gives us the better chance to being explosive? Right now, we need the explosive plays. I haven't seen but a couple explosive plays this year, one being Garrett Wilson, another being uh, Brees Hall. Who else gives us that explosion on and offense? And a third, Xavier Gibson on special teams. That was an explosive play. Yeah. yeah. Even, even, even Hartman being a returner. Gives us well, explosion. You well, know? you don't want to take that away from you don't want to take that away from Gibson, right? Yeah, I mean, I like Harmon. I mean, what he did, 
in Kansas yes, City, but, that's what he but does. But every time, every time Gibson's touched the ball on special teams, he's been special. Yeah, but I mean, at the end of the day, like you know, I I, I like Hardman and I, I like yeah. what he does and what he did in Kansas City, how he and was he used in Kansas City, offense. and yeah. what he can do for this offense if you find the right fit for him. Like, but that's an idea you have to have as a as you know as an organization before you bring a guy on. You know yeah. what I mean? And I'm sure he I'm sure he had. Uh, an opportunity to probably go somewhere else, and you have to ask yourself, like, was he was he told, hey, Aaron Rodgers is coming here, and you know, were they were they truly honest with him when when he came in? You know, I'm sure he's unhappy. Let's be real, but he's keeping his mouth shut. He's only getting that amount of snaps, and he understands that he just came from Kansas City. Like, you have to find a way to to possibly get his guys some. You know, you got to get him some playing time, man. You got to get the ball in his hands. He, I mean, outside of Brees and, and Garrett, I think he's the most explosive player that we have now on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, and I think, like, you can speak to this more than I can, but I think when you touch the ball more and you're on the field more, you're more inclined to make bigger plays because you feel better about yourself. It builds confidence in yourself, and you feel like, I'm out there, I'm more involved, and when you're, you're more involved, and when you get the opportunity... Well, you you got to stop three and outs then. Yeah, 100%. You can't get, you, you can't get play counts if, you, if you're getting off the field on third down. Okay, you know what I mean? Like, there's just nothing going. Yeah, we'll talk about his former team, the Kansas City Chiefs, and what the scheme might look like against them after a quick break. But before the break, just want to get your thoughts on this, and then we'll take a quick break. The Jets bring in Trevor Simeon. I have an idea. I'll give you my idea after the break on what it might be. But they bring in Trevor Simeon as the backup as of now for Zach Wilson. What do you think that does for this team? Do you think that changes anything? Does that move you at all? What's your feeling on the Trevor Simeon addition? They probably thought it was the best decision. You know, they didn't want to go get a big name. They reached out to a couple guys. A couple guys rejected, I believe. Uh, so he probably was the best fit at the time. Like a guy that's going to, yeah, he's going to push Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson feels it. He understands that Trevor can come in as a veteran quarterback and play this game and probably do it better than him as a starter. So, uh, you know, it's probably was the best fit for them. Moving forward, uh, you know, I forgot Trevor was even out there I, for some reason. I didn't even think about him. But, like, I think, you know, I think it was a good sign by them. Uh, a guy that, hey, we're going to give you Zach maybe one more week to do this. Uh, we're going to give him enough time to learn the offense, the simple stuff. And then, you know, if not, then we're going to throw him in. And Trevor Simeon, let's be real, he has nothing to lose right now. All right, he can get out there. I think that's when you can start getting risky. You can start taking your risk. Let's be real. He can get out there and just start throwing deep balls. Because why? Oh, his excuse is he don't really know the offense. So go out there with nothing nothing to lose. And I think you gain a spark from that. Yeah, and by the way, I do have something to say about that with nothing to lose. Were you there in, uh, when he came in for Sam Darnold when Sam had mono? Were you part of the team at that point? Uh, what was what year was that? That was 20... I think that was 2019. Was you were gone already? It was 2019. I was the Monday night game against Cleveland where Miles Garrett tried to kill him, right? You guys wore the all black uniforms on Monday night football. I was there against Cleveland week two of the season. I was there week one. Week one was Sunday against the Bills. You go up 17 nothing or 16 nothing or whatever and then lose 17 16. And then the following week, Darnold gets mono. It couldn't have been 2020 because there were no fans in the stands in 2020. I, I was there on Monday night football. Trevor Simeon gets the start all black uniforms, Monday night oh, football yeah. national game. And he got hurt in like two plays by Miles I Garrett. Remember. I don't remember that one. Yeah, I remember. I, you know what? I think I was there when, when he was. That was, um, 
that was um Arnold's second year. The first uh the, the second, second year that was uh Adam Gase's first case year. Yeah, the first, first year. Adam first year. Yeah. So yeah, I was there and I remember yeah. that. He, yeah, he got the money on it. He was making a joke about it in the locker room. I'm, yeah, I remember I'm Trevor. Good. I think he got hurt that year though. He came in and got hurt, right? Wait, back to Mono for yeah, that's what I said. Miles Garrett almost murdered him in like the first yeah. play of the game. Yeah. Back to Mono for a second. You just said they made jokes about it in the locker room. I'm not gonna lie, I was at a season ticket event a couple weeks earlier with the team, and I got mono two weeks after Sam Darnold got mono. I swear I didn't kiss him, but I got mono like two weeks later after going to this team event for season ticket holders. And it, you said there were jokes about it in the locker room. So I love doing the inside stuff because this way we have content for like the future. If the team gets really bad this year, there's a little behind the scenes here, a little inside baseball as it were inside the podcast. Bilal and I talk about what will happen for this podcast down the road. Give me that inside story. Tell me. I, I know it's been a long podcast already, so what's the difference? Make it a little longer. Uh, mm -hmm. Give me the inside story on Mono. What were some of the jokes like in the locker room? Yeah. If you, you know, Sam, Sam came in young. He, he was he was still like a college kid, man. Let's let's yes. be real. It, it, just, it was just one of those things like, hey, man, you're not in college anymore. You know, stop going around kissing everybody in, the, in, the in New York. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, this is New York. This is a lot different, bro. <laughs> Um, but you know, yeah, you know, it just made a joke out of it. But um, I don't know how it sat with with Sam, but just joke. He actually had a great second half of the season that year, right? Like Sam actually yeah. came back and played well, and it's just a shame because I would take Zach, I would take Sam Darnold in a heartbeat, in a nanosecond right now over Zach Wilson. All right, we've talked long enough. Coming back from the break, what we're going to do is we'll preview the Chiefs game. We'll also answer some of your questions, the fans who submitted questions. We appreciate that. You can submit questions to every Thursday show. We're going to be answering your questions, Bilal and I. So we'll answer a couple of questions after a quick break. We'll preview the Chiefs game. And I also do want to give you one thought on Zach Wilson and another thought on Trevor Simeon. We'll do all that coming up in a second. <sighs> All right, coming back right now with Bilal. Uh, okay, the Chiefs are playing the Jets. Just wanted to say first, Trevor Simeon, and get your thoughts on this. I think the timing is very important for this. I think the Jets are looking, staring one and three in the face. We'll give our prediction for the game in a second. But they're staring one and three in the face. And Denver is an extremely winnable game. They won in Denver with Zach Wilson last year. This Denver team is not a very good football team. They lost 70 to 20 against Miami, who's a great football team. And we'll talk about them at some point when we have more time. But I think the timing makes sense for me because if Zach struggles against Kansas City, I think it makes a lot of sense for them to go into Denver with Trevor Simeon as the starter and say, hey, we need a win. We cannot risk going into the bye week at one and five. We're probably going to lose against Philly also. We need to be at least two and four going into the bye week. So I think if there's a change that's going to be made, I think it would be ahead of the Denver week because it's such a winnable game. You just need a game manager and Trevor Simeon. That's what he could be for this team. That's my opinion on the Trevor Simeon thing. I agree. I agree with you on that one. Yep. All right. To the game itself. We're not going to talk about Taylor Swift. We've heard enough about it. I I'm going to watch the game on mute because you know, on Sunday night football, all they're going to be talking about is, Oh my God, it's Taylor Swift is there. By the way, like, the New York Post back page today was the biggest story in the NFL, the biggest story in New York sports that Taylor Swift is going to be there on Sunday. My tickets, my season tickets, I'm going to be out of town Sunday. My tickets sold immediately when it was announced that Taylor Swift was going to be at the game. I couldn't get, I couldn't get my tickets to sell. They sold within seconds. The Jets had their highest selling day on StubHub yesterday after it was announced that Taylor Swift is going to be at the game. So we're not going to talk about it. I don't want to hear that. Now, it's Sunday night football. Woody Johnson is hyping it up. He keeps tweeting out the legacy jerseys. It's going to be crazy energy. Woody, it's not. You're nine and a half point underdogs 
to Kansas City at home. It's pathetic. And here's my thing for the game. You're, I want to just see something else. You know you can't blitz Patrick Mahomes, right? Joe Beningo complained about blitzing. You have to get pressure with four because if you blitz him, he's going to find the holes in the defense. You know that you can't play man-to-man against Patrick Mahomes. If you sit down in his zone, though, and he has time, he's going to find the holes in the zone. The only way to beat Mahomes is to pressure him. So now your biggest challenge is coming against this guy. Like, it's just the worst possible time to be playing Mahomes with everything that's going on on this team. You're now going up against the best quarterback in the league currently in Patrick Mahomes. It's just not a great time for them. But can we see a difference in, in scheme? Will we see more Zach Wilson runs? Will we see more Zach Wilson rollouts? What do you think we see in this game from the Jets against the Chiefs? I think they have to establish a run. They, they need to. Uh, and there was, a, there was a player from the Chiefs that already said that they're trying to establish a run. That was a nice way of saying. The, yes, the quote was. That game you, doesn't even exist. Yeah, so. they said, what do, you see, what do you see with the Jets? What do you see with a Zach Wilson-led Jets team? And he said, a team that wants to run the ball. I think it was... Um, I, I sent it to you. I'll I'll look it up. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. But you know, it, it, for me, that's saying that we are a one-dimensional team. And honestly, being a one-dimensional team in the National Football League, it's not good. It's going to be a long game if 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 that's the way that the Kansas City's defense is approaching this game. But I, I think they need to uh, approach this game. Let's just go. Let's go after it. Let's be aggressive in the pass game. Let's let's get some play action. Let's move the pocket with Zach Wilson. Let's try to get him to get the ball downfield. Let's let's get some downfield throws. Let's 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 get some moving the pockets. Zach has to do a better job this week of checking the ball down. And I think as an offense, as an offense, we need to limit limit the negative plays. And what I mean by negative plays is too many guys in the backfield. Too many guys like the running backs. They saying, well, the running backs aren't doing this. Or doing... There are too many guys in the backfield. Let's make sure we understand blocking scheme. Let's make sure we get a body on the body and we and, and get the run game going. And let's find Don't a call way. an audible to, a run to the right side when they're expecting the run to the right side. Yeah, like, I mean, let's 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 just let's just take what the defense gives us, man, and let's take our shots when our shots present themselves. Let's do it. Let's say, hey, we're not afraid to go deep. Let's back them up. You got Garrett Wilson. Guy can run. Let's back the defense up. Back them up yeah. so we can now run the ball. And here's my thing. I gave a pep talk to Zach Wilson last week on this show. It didn't work. But I'm going to look in the camera and give you another pep talk, Zach Wilson. You talked about the deep plays. Last night, somebody posted on Twitter the highlight from Zach Wilson's fourth career game against the Tennessee Titans, where he rolls out to his right and throws the B points, and he throws the bomb downfield. Corey Davis catches in the end zone. The Jets have 24 points in the game. The crowd is going nuts. Zach, this might be your last chance. I talked about Trevor Simeon. He can beat Denver. So if you don't play well against the Chiefs, if you play scared against the Chiefs, you're not going to be the starter against Denver. The team cannot risk going into the bye at one and five. So this is your last opportunity. You have nothing to lose. The expectations could not be lower. Take your chances. You don't want to go down trying to protect the ball. Zach Wilson got so much backlash last year for throwing interceptions that he stopped even taking chances. He started just playing so cautious. Go out there, show off your cannon of an arm. You did it on the Hail Mary play at the end of the game last week. Come out the first play of the game and run a go route. I, run a, a bootleg where you're out of the pocket, throwing on the move, and you're throwing it deep downfield to McColl or Garrett or one of those guys, even Xavier Gibson. Let's see you do that, Zach Wilson, because that's the only way you can save your job right now. 
there's a reason you got drafted is because you have that monster arm. That's the only reason. We saw it in the pro day at BYU. We saw you show off that arm talent. That's going to be what gets you. If you have any chance of salvaging your career, this is your last chance. Go out there, play worry-free, and just take your chances, take That's risks. play calls the opportunity to too. All right, 100%. Like it, it has to be Nathaniel Hackett. It has to you have the same mentality. You can't protect himself anymore. Yeah. You have to be on the same page and say, hey, man, let's go let, let it rip. Like, he it's should time. be saying, Zach, it's time to, like, let it rip. Just yeah. let it rip. Like, it's, it's just like, you know, you're never going to understand an opportunity unless you take it. Let's take the, right. let's take the chance. Let's do it. Because not doing it is just, is versus doing it and failing at it. So let's take the chance. Let's go, Nathaniel Hackett. Let's start off aggressive. Let's go. Let's just do it. All right. Taylor Swift will be in the house. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, show up for Taylor. <laughs> All right. So here's the one thing. Um, the Chiefs are favored by nine and a half. The over-under is 42 and a half. What are your picks for this game? Um, you go ahead, man. It's your call this week. I, I, I just want to win. I think the Chiefs will win and cover. I think the over will hit. I do think the Jets offense will put up some more points. I think the final score will be 31 to 20 Kansas City on Sunday night football. Mm. I'll go with yours. All I, right. I do you have a do you have a touchdown? Do you have a touchdown score for the Jets? Uh man, let's see. I, I think I think Brees Hall is gonna have a good game. I think McColl gets a touchdown against his former team. I think he gets Ooh. on the field and he gets a touchdown. This is the time to put him on the field. This is the time yeah. to put him on the field. I think there's this, a deep ball to McColl at some point in this game, and I think he gets a touchdown. I've been on teams where former players, like, they they let it know. Hey, coach, say, hey, listen, we're going to try to – I know this is your old organization. We're going to try to get you the ball as much as possible. I've seen it. Let's maybe Nathaniel it. Hackett can – Come out game. Maybe Nathaniel Hackett can, can go over to um, – to, Andy Reid before the game and be like, hey, can you just give me any tips on how to use McCall Hardman? Because you guys used him really well. And it looks like the Chiefs offense could use him. Like, I know their offense put up a ton of points last week, but they don't have some great skilled position wide receivers right now. No, they have no. Travis Kelsey, but they don't have any other great wide receivers. Maybe they should, like, they'd be like, hey, can we have him back? <laughs> we know how to use him. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think McCall's going to score. <laughs> That's all for the podcast. It's been a long one already. So, until next time, guys, please like and subscribe because it really helps the show out. Oh, I forgot. You're right. You reminded me. We have two listener questions to read real quick. We're going to get to the rest of them. There were more questions. Thomas, I saw your email. Please send in more questions. You could either put it on, send it directly to Bilal on his Instagram. He's going to post a question box before every Thursday episode. Or you can email the show at flightsnack24. That's flightsnack24, flightsnack24 at gmail.com. You can email your questions to the show and we'll answer as many questions as we get to because we are running a little bit late. We're going to answer two quick questions. Bilal is going to give you his answer. So question number one for you, Bilal. Do you think Aaron Rodgers is in Zach or do you think Aaron Rodgers in Zach's helmet for the game would show different results in his quarterback play? Meaning if Aaron Rodgers was on the sideline or in a booth talking to Zach during the game, that was from Frankie. What do you think, Bilal? I don't think there's a difference. Not at all. Yeah, I, I I think Zach Wilson just has to go be Zach Wilson at the end of the day because we all know Aaron Rodgers' IQ and Zach Wilson's IQ is totally different. You know what I mean? Like at the, at the end of the day, I think Aaron Rodgers being there could cause him to be. He might say, "Hey, Zach, let it rip. You're good." Yeah. I think that's the best thing that Zach could hear is Aaron Rodgers saying, "Hey, you're talented. You you heard on the the, the hard knocks. Hey, if it doesn't come, use your legs. Like that's what yep. Zach needs to hear." Uh, from a yep. guy that done it. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, and Rodgers even said that one play in the Hall of Fame game where he throws the deep ball down the sideline, you hear Rodgers said it, but he wasn't in his ear. He wasn't talking to him. He was just talking on the headset to the other coaches. So Zach, you know, again, he can't, it's not going to change. It's about, he, Rodgers can give him encouragement, but he can't see the field for him. He can't make the mm. the instinct decisions for him. I, exactly. I do have a question for you before we get to this question from Joshi. Do you think there's a little bit of imposter syndrome there with, with Wilson where he feels like, I can't try and be Rodgers. Like maybe Wilson wants to do some of the cadence stuff. Maybe he wants to do some of the Aaron Rodgers type stuff where he's, you know, trying to draw a team on side off sides. And he feels like maybe like I'm a little bit of imposter. This team doesn't see me the way they see Aaron Rodgers. Do you think that's holding him back? Maybe we'll talk about that next episode. I don't know. Just I, I, I think, yeah, I, I think so. I think so. But um, most of that has to do everything with being a leader. Yeah. You have to be a leader. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? I think, I think Aaron Rodgers personality fits New York. Perfect. Zach yeah. Wilson. Not so much, man. Like, you can't be timid in New York City. You can't be timid in this game, period. Like, you have to be yeah. a competitor. You have to take he's on the He's confident. He yeah, comes out like, in the locker room and he's like, oh, in the media, and he's like, oh, like, oh, I have confidence in my play. But you're not. We see it on the field. He, yeah, he's scared to talk up to his teammates and to, to actually talk to them. You never see him, like, going back at a teammate on the sideline. You don't see it. Like, because he's, he's like, I'm not the leader. I'm not Aaron Rodgers. All right. Yeah. Lastly, from Joshi. Why is the Jets' run game struggling so much compared to last year? What's the difference? I mean, easy. There's, there's, there's a lot of things. There's play calling. There's personnel. There's, there's different techniques that are being taught. There's different, you know, uh, terminology that's being taught. And let's be honest, a coach matters. A position coach matters at how he coaches it. A lot of people out here, they play football. They don't know football. They don't understand football. I think it's about getting the right guys in the right position, using their strengths, and and I don't think I see that right now. Uh, you, you just look at an offense that's just not, they're just not clicking on any level. Um, and you see small technique things like you know, uh, Makai Beckman over like trying to jump set on a deep ball, like drop back. Why are we why are we jump setting, oversetting, and letting the defensive end cross our face? You know, and, and then you're looking at the right guard. I think it was his first game last year, uh, uh, last night or last week, last sorry. Week, yep. It, it, and he's not going to the right guy. It's just the little things, man. It's just the little things that I think, you know, it, it comes about how, how you coach it. Yeah, I, I will say one other thing. You heard the player on the, the defensive player on the Chiefs talk about it. They're expecting the run. There's no threat of a passing game because they don't trust that Zach Wilson can rip it. So... They're expecting the run, so they're putting eight guys in the box. So how do you expect to run if the entire, if everyone knows what you're going to do? Then you can't do it, and that's why I think Zach Wilson has to take advantage of that. Yeah. Bring up the safeties, the bring up the linebackers. If they're going to stack the box, the if, listen. If they're going to if they're going to stack the box, then it should be a lone meeting for the receivers. The receiver coach should be saying, "Hey guys, we have to win the one on ones outside," and they're winning them. But let's do it. Wilson is hesitating and not throwing there. I hope he can do it. I, I look. I love this team more than anything. I think this was like a negative episode. It was negative about Rodgers. It was negative about Zach. It was, it's negative. It's been a negative season so far. I don't want to be a negative guy. I want this to be positive. I love the Jets, and I hope everyone who's listening understands that. And it's coming from a place where like, I just want to see them do well, and I'm so frustrated. Absolutely. But um, I'll be the first one to hop right back on it. If they, if they start playing well, I'll be coming in here excited, and I think that's important to understand. So until next time, when you hopefully... We're having a conversation on Monday. Be like, oh my God, we beat the Chiefs. 
Yes. You want to be aware. You want to know when that podcast and that episode is going to drop. So subscribe so that you don't miss a beat from this podcast. Bilal and I really appreciate it. Appreciate your support so far. Until next time, see you, Bilal. All right, man. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.